Hi, everybody. Welcome to the This Week in Small Business podcast. I'm Aitan Bensusen. I'm so happy to have Ginger Siegel with us. Ginger is the North America Small Business Lead at MasterCard. Um, so it's a real pleasure and honor. Ginger, why don't I just give you, you know, just one or two minutes, just introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a bit about what it is that you do on the day-to-day. Great. Well, Aitan, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. The best part of my day is when I get to interact with um, amazing people like you that have made small business a focus. But um, I've got a pretty cool job, right? Like I get to wake up every morning and really think about what the ultimate end user or small business needs. But because we're a company that delivers through other organizations, I get to do things that will put the wind at the back of great organizations like North One. So what are those products, services, solutions, help that small businesses need to not just survive, but actually thrive? And so that's what my success looks like is if organizations like North One and you are successful. So that sounds like a very unique role, but maybe let's go a little, you know, back to the origin story. So how did you actually, what was your journey like and how did you get to, to that role over the course of your career? It's crazy. In fact, it's so crazy that um, uh, Women's Financial Magazine actually interviewed me on my career journey. So I don't believe in straight lines. Like I zig and zag every day. And, and I actually started my career, believe it or not, in pharmaceutical sales. So I actually was one of those people that went to doctors and taught them about different drugs. And then one day I got that infamous call from an re- executive recruiter and they said a major financial institution in, wants to build out a healthcare division. And instead of hiring a banker and teaching them healthcare, they want to hire someone from healthcare. Right. And that <laughs> became my journey. I started out with uh, city and financial services um, building out uh, a healthcare organization focused on physicians. From there, I ultimately ended up running their entire small business organization across the U.S. I ended up being there for 20 years. And then in financial services for a pretty long time, working at banks, which is why I love working with folks like you because I've kind of sat where you sat Mm -hmm. and I get how difficult it is every day. In your situation, you run a bank. And it's pretty amazing to be able to do that. Um, I then went to Deloitte, uh, where I led their small business um, consulting practice. And very funny, I was doing a project for an individual who is now our CEO. Um, and it was it was felt that it went so well that they said, hey, can you come here and run small business? And uh, was super happy where I was, but looked at this opportunity um, to join MasterCard. Small business, I've been in my whole career. It's a passion. And to be able to bring all the different experiences to the table, um, I think lends credibility to me and the company. But the, the lesson there, even to small business owners listening to this, is do not feel that you need a straight line somewhere. Zigging and zagging and going back and forth has brought me to what I think is a pretty exciting role. Yeah, it sounds like you've developed a Swiss Army knife of skills. I exactly, mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> depending on where, whatever you've jumped into, you you immediately get the new toolkit. Um, yep. Start running with it. Um, and so, it, tell me if I've articulated this, you know, uh, well. 
because sitting within the MasterCard organization, you have this, this ability to see things happening on, on a national, international level. And the world from small business, you, may, you might be able to, able to spot trends, um, anomalies through the data of, of millions and millions of transactions, and billions probably. Um, so then, you know, if that's the case, let's take a step back. You know, what are, what are two or three things that every small business in America should be thinking about over the next year? What, what it comes to your mind from your position? Yeah, it's, it's a really great question. And the one thing I'll tell you is we, use, we get a lot of data, but here's the other thing. We do not believe if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And so we do a tremendous amount of research on small businesses, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. We work very closely with our economics institute that's looking at economic trends and things like that. So what I would say is um, out of COVID, a lot of things have changed. Number one, there's 32.5 million small businesses in the U.S., right? Yeah. And when COVID hit, about a third of them did not have a digital online presence. And so when the store shut down and the, the storefront shut down, a lot of these businesses had nowhere to sell their products and services. Right. Yeah. So the number one trend that's come out of that is you must digitize. You must meet your customer where they are. Yeah. They want to be able to touch your business, whether it's online, whether it's in a store, Um, whether it's through social media. So that's number one. And we built out a program called Digital Doors to actually get small businesses to go online. So number one is digitization. 75% of consumers have changed the way they've shopped since COVID. So that's number one. I'll pause there to see yeah. if that one in particular makes sense. So, so yeah, I think you're, what, you, what, what I hear you saying is if you haven't already, you know, people, if you haven't as a business, then your customers certainly have changed where they shop, how they shop, and moving yourself in that direction is, um, you know, one of the, I guess, the existential cry for you saying you, you ha- we have to evolve the small business community has to evolve to meet the customers where they are. And, and it seems like the data shows they are online. They are, you know, in more digital channels. It doesn't mean they've left the others, but certainly you're, you're leaving business on the table if you're not there. That's exactly right. And, and you are leaving business on the table or potentially even worse. A lot of those businesses that were not online, about 45% of small businesses actually went out of business. So you've got this, this not only this great opportunity to digitize, but it really becomes a critical need in order to broaden your scope and who you're touching. So I would say that's number one. Related to that, and um, I don't want to scare people, but I love to scare people with this stat because I think it's super important. Um, many people feel that cyber attacks happen to the big guys. And what we have found is that over 50% of all cyber attacks actually are happening to small business. That's really interesting. About that. Yep, 50%. And guess what the average cost is to a small business that does receive a cyber attack? It's between $100,000 and $200,000. That wow. might be in the form of ransomware. And knowing that 96% of small businesses are under a million in revenue, it is important to spend the 20 or $30 a month to make sure your business is super protected against potential cyber attacks. So I'll stop there, but 
it's an enormous thing that has happened and grown, especially yeah. since COVID and more businesses digitizing. So let me go one level below that, the how. So we talked, you talked about the need to digitize. So what does that mean for a small business? I mean, I can think of everything from, you know, an online store to, you know, digital advertising. How do you, uh, how do you express like the need to digitize at the level of a small business, you know, in a community somewhere, what are they, what are the steps that you want them to be thinking about? Yeah. And the way, the way I look at it is I really look at it in terms of small business owner needs. So what do they need? They need to acquire new customers. They need to manage their cash flow. They need access to capital. So when I think of digitization, it starts with, is your business online? Have you developed a website? And not just developed a website, but are you actually optimizing that website mm -hmm. through search engine optimization to make sure that when people are looking for what you create or produce or sell, that they are going to find you? So there's that whole customer acquisition piece around digitizing. Yeah. The second thing is operational efficiency. Many small businesses start with an Excel spreadsheet. And I think, and they say, when I get bigger, I'll go in to use a financial software package. I think it's the wrong way to think. I believe small businesses do not have chief marketing officers, chief financial officers. All of you out there do not have the resources that you need. So how do you build operational efficiency through accounting software, using accounting software that can help you with inventory management, using software that can help you understand your cash flow, how quickly money's coming in, yeah. how slowly you might want it to go out. So I think the second component is operational efficiency and the tools that you need to really run your business. And then the third thing is what are those operational tools that can, number one, protect your business. So there's tools out there that right. you can use that can actually look at the dark web and, and actually give you 24-7 alerts so that you know when bad things are happening. So I would say those are three of the buckets. So digitizing to help you get customer acquisition, digitizing to help you with operational efficiency, and then digitizing to be safe. Yeah, and that it's a you know. So if I connect the dots, right? When you talk about digitizing, there's this whole cohort of, of customers whose eyeballs are online, and so you know the same way that I remember once upon a time when we had phone books that were being delivered, you know, you had so many companies called ABC Plumbing and ABC, you know, uh, Electricity, because that was the first ones you'd open in the phone book, and you had a higher chance of getting some business. And I think it's the same philosophy, but just now we're talking about online, you know be the one that comes up when someone is looking and it, it takes investment, right? It takes a real effort. But I think the other really interesting thing you touched on is about the digitization, you know, the, the efficiency, because if you're able to just remove cost from the way you run the business, either you can actually get a better price for your customers, win more share, but also you might just pull a better margin for the same amount of effort. And I think that's often overlooked. A lot of folks who think about, you know, I need to digitize, I need to go online, they're thinking more purely about acquisition, right? How do I sell online? But I think you've just, you've opened up this other part, which is, can I run the business more efficiently using online tools? And I think that's, that's an often overlooked part. And when it comes to the cybersecurity piece that you talked about, um, you know, there's, there are services, uh, I'm sure there are 
um, lots of alert systems. You know, are there are there any tactics that that you that you see small businesses taking that are effective? Are there kind of uh, you know signing up for the kind of alerts you're talking about? That's the most important step. Are there other critical steps that you think people should be taking? Yeah, no, um, there, there's no question that there is. And I think a lot ha are being developed that are more reachable for the small business, because one of the things you just brought up that's super important is saving money. And we know that with inflation, which is another big trend, obviously, that we're seeing, yeah. and we know that it is impacting small businesses. We also know that with what's happened in the industry, uh, many small businesses have found it a bit more difficult to get access to capital. So if you can save money in these areas, yeah. and most importantly, do you want to spend $200,000 because you've been attacked, or do you want to spend 20 or $30 a month? And so I would say some of the key things that when I talk to small businesses, number one, many small businesses that engage with an organization that helps them get online They've told me, oh, no, well, it's included in that. They already have their own tools. Right. Number one, you absolutely must ask. Don't assume and yeah. make sure you understand what are the tools that your, let's say, social provider um, has. And make sure that you're not just taking that assumption, but asking what they are. Yeah. Number two, believe it or not, it's the little things. Um, what I find is that because small businesses may be more nascent in running a business and may not necessarily have all of the experience that they need, they might be very liberal with passwords, who has access to their accounts and to their information. Yeah. So I think it's making sure that you have the right internal structure within the company to ensure that you've got the right people with the right um, ability to do what you want them to do and when. So I say that uh, that's another really important area of success. Don't run your small business like a new small business. Run your small business like the big business that it is, because small business is big business. And yeah. you've got to really think bigger about the need so that you are ultimately growing into solutions and not out of it. And then the third thing I think is super important is making sure when you ultimately have your, your website set up, when you take a look at your email systems, that you know that you have assessed and there's companies out there that will do it. Well, they'll come in and actually assess where the vulnerabilities are. So I think it's just thinking of all these things that might seem simple. And the last thing I'll say is don't say you don't have time to do that because taking an hour today might save you your business in the future because I, businesses do yeah. go out due to cyber attacks. It's so it's such a hard, you know, when you're, when you're running at a hundred miles an hour as a business owner, and you're thinking about sales and customers and team, you know, it's so, it's so absolutely hard um, to then think about the downside of a what if, right? And I think what you right. need is the reminders that you're giving everybody saying like, you're seeing this, you're seeing this on a national level. Um, and so, you know, we know, I don't necessarily see it in my immediate surrounding, but you're telling like it's out there. And, you know, if it's not you now, it could be tomorrow. And yeah, it seems like a little bit, a, a low level of involvement today for a whole lot of headache that you can avoid down the road or even catastrophic, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing I would say is when I when I talk to small businesses and I talk to them a lot is many small businesses don't necessarily have the network of advisors mm -hmm. and people in their world that can help them. And I'm not just saying this, but I think these types of things that North One does is 
amazing. And we're not seeing that everywhere. You want to be part of an ecosystem right. and working with partners like a North One that are really there to not just sell stuff, but are there to actually help support the mm -hmm. growth of the business. So I think this is super important. And yeah. I that's why I was so thrilled when uh, when we, we talked about me doing this. But I think you have to ensure that you yourself as a business owner know, I can't know it all. I don't know it all. But there are people out there that, that can help me and be open and reach out to get that help. That's where I find the most successful businesses who do that and are comfortable doing that. Very, that, that's very well articulated. Um, so let me, let me change it up a little, you know, what's something that most small businesses get wrong that you wish they didn't and what could they do about it? Yeah, I love that question. And there's one thing I've been beating my drum and I, I beat my drum a lot till someone listens <laughs> to me. But one thing that I have found in the small business ecosystem is when people think about access to capital, which we know is a huge need, that most people think I have to borrow money. And one of the things that I think small businesses get wrong is that they don't think about getting their own money in quicker. So I'll give you an example. My favorite example is Josephine the plumber. And Josephine comes to, comes to your house. She fixes your sink. She then goes back to her office and she takes two weeks to get an invoice out. And then maybe once she sends it to you, it takes you two weeks to pay her. So think about that. Josephine earned the money the minute she fixed your sink. Yet, because she didn't use a digital invoicing solution or maybe accept cards, she was getting her money in in four weeks versus a day. Yeah. And so I think that to me, that's a huge thing. Business owners say, if I need money, I'm just going to borrow. Borrowing is certainly great. But I do think small businesses don't think about how it's critical to get your own hard-earned money that you've already earned in the bank quicker. Yeah. So that's one big one that, that I, I really believe in and I talk a lot about. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's so many tools now that are starting to reflect that need. Just even, you know, tools that send, I've seen ones that send SMS reminders to pay if it hasn't happened in a day or two. And, you know, we, we, we talk to small, I've talked to small business owners who are afraid, right? They're afraid. Oh, I don't want to annoy them. They know. The thing is, though, that you've probably incurred the expense before you made the sale. Exactly. And it, you shouldn't be embarrassed to ask for, for what's yours, right? And I think, you know, customers, I, I know for as, uh, firsthand, if I've actually, you know, if there's a time when someone is expecting a payment and it slipped my mind, they remind me. I actually am very thankful because I'm, I'm actually um, a little bit embarrassed that I may have forgotten to pay someone what they're owed. I'm really grateful that they've let me know, you know, in time. It's, it's a re I mean, I think we, we tend to, to be our, our, our worst critics sometimes thinking, you know, everybody else will be embarrassed, but we wouldn't be. Um, but the reverse is true that people want to, to pay for a good service, right? And, and you have to make sure that it's a little easy. There's so many things that get lost in the shuffle. Um, well, and, and think about the difference. So a small business that maybe isn't collecting their money, the average small business today only has 27 days of cash on hand. Yeah. So if it's taking you two to four weeks to get money in, then you're going to have to borrow from your line of credit, let's say, and you're incurring significant cost. 
And you're exactly right. People want to pay their bills. And by the way, since COVID, we just did some really cool research. Aton. What we found out is that people want to shop small. Mm-hmm. They've really rejiggered their thinking because they saw what their main street looked like when COVID yeah. hit. And they realized how important small businesses are to the community. I mean, heck, they they employ 64% of the people in the United States. Yeah. So I think the way you said it is exactly right, that you shouldn't be afraid to ask for money that you've actually already earned. Yeah, you know, the, it's the, the one, the, the nightmare scenario that I saw someone, you know, um, this small business in Portland go through was where they, they had actually waited on, on sending the bill and then the other company went out of business. Um, and, you know, you know who, who knows what would have happened, but they, they then there was no chance, right? It was gone. That's right. It was just a matter of, of, of waiting on that. So I, I totally hear you. Um, so, you know, maybe what, what's the most impactful, impactful financial management tip that you could give a small business just starting out? And, and maybe if there's a someone you've seen do it really well or, or something that brought it to life for you, what would, what would you want those newer businesses, the new ones that are just what, leaving the train station, what would you want them to know? So, I mean, there's so much, there's so much that I wish they would know, but kind of keeping it, it's simple. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that small businesses make is they wait till tomorrow. Meaning that if I'm starting out a business, I don't think I'm big enough to need, you know, an accounting software system, or I don't think I'm big enough to um, get us, get, get an accountant. Assume that the minute you start, you're big Mm -hmm. and you want to set your business up with the tools and solutions day one and not wait till day 30, because between day one and 30, you've missed out on opportunities. You've missed out on efficiencies, especially when you begin, you're not going to have the level of employees. So I think the biggest mistake um, and I've seen this, I've seen this, um, I saw this with uh, a small business that I was mentoring and um, they were on Excel and it was still two years into their journey. Wow. And by then, when they realized they needed an accountant, the accountant said, I can't work with this. I'm used to working with accounting softwares and having access to it. So by then it's too late. Power up your business by empowering your business day Mm -hmm. one. And I I feel that that's a super important thing and would save so much grief because a lot of times um, small businesses lose sight of their money. And the only other thing I would add, I know you said one, but I have to add one more thing. Go for it, yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, The other big mistake that I see is when small businesses co-mingle their funds and their expense and their payments with their consumer side. And you know, as North One, when you want to present yourself to a bank or to any potential lender, they want to know, this is my business, this is my consumer, and the two shan't meet, at least from the perspective of where your bank accounts are, the kind of loans you have. So I think that by the time small businesses then go to a bank or someone for a loan, Everything is so mixed up that it's super hard for them to unravel it and say, no, wait, I am a solid business. This is how I look. So I wanted to throw that one in um, kind of under the radar because I think it's also super important, those two. But, you you know, you touched on something that uh, is also reflected in a mindset that, you know, so many, so many small business owners have. I've seen it, you know, I've had it at times where, 
you feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not that at that stage yet. Right. And you kind of have this, when you make it, you'll make it. And I remember, you know, just hearing, I can't remember who it was, but this, this one small business owner uh, who said, you know, on day one, you assume that you are the person you're going to be in 10 years when you've made it. You don't just like incrementally add one more percent, you know, confidence, et cetera. You, you start with it and then you grow into it. And I think that also gets you thinking, you know, there's enough free tools out there. There's enough very low cost tools to get just basic accounting, basic, you know, separation of your finances. Because you're saying, if I'm going to be a business, it's going to be in years for, for a decade or two decades, I got to think about it that way. I got to think about, you know, the ability to get the big contracts, the ability to have lasting power in the market and not thinking that I have to be operating, even if you are operating on duct tape and shoestring, thinking that I'm, this is, this is just a step on the way. I've got to be thinking the way that, you know, business will, that will last things. Um, and that mindset shift, I think it's more of an intentional one rather than one that you earn over time, right? It's, it's just you decide, I'm going to be a business that lasts. And I love the way you put it because for me, and when I mentor, I mentor a lot of small businesses, it's almost like the imposter syndrome, right? So people start a business and they don't think they are big enough or deserve to have these systems in place um, that can be very, very simple to use. But what I say is the minute you decide you're going to open a business, you deserve to have a business exactly to your point. Yeah. And this concept of I don't deserve it, it's not me, it's not a real business yet, has to go by the wayside. And I, I think the way you articulate it is best. It is a very important mind shift. And I think a mind shift that could actually give you way more traction than you would have had. Yeah. And look, I mean, especially when you're a business, for example, that bids on contracts, you know, go for the, go for the big one right? Like go for the big one because why not? Why would you decide to negotiate against yourself before even trying? And I've seen the difference of like some, some folks who just say, I'm going to go for the biggest possible contract, the biggest construction site or the biggest, you know, client group that I can. And worst case scenario, they say no. And you learn what didn't work. You get a little bit of feedback and you get it next time. Um, so yeah, that, that, that resonates. Yeah. And I'll give you another example. So we did, um, we did a, a salon with one of the baseball teams out there. Uh, one of the, we, we do a lot of work with MLB and we invited a bunch of business owners and they came there and there was an executive from this team and the, the particular small business that came there had a really cool business. They rented out electrical cars and this business owner, he was so awesome that in the Q&A, he raised his hand and he said to the executive, I want to talk to you because I want to talk to you on how we can help your team by providing these kinds of cars. Well, that. guess what happened? They met right at the end after I closed out the session. And he recently had a follow-up meeting at the headquarters of this major league baseball team. And he's going to get his stuff in there because he took the chance, he took the opportunity, accepted the invitation, and then made something of it. He wasn't afraid. He felt, I, I deserve this. It would be a huge contract. Um, so I just wanted to double click on what you said and give you a real life yeah. example of, of, God, take that leap, take that chance. It'll be worth it. Yeah, shoot your shot, right? Yeah. Um, awesome. And so look, maybe I, I we, we can just move to something, you know, one level below, we talked about, you know, tips on what you could do. We've talked about things to be aware of. Let's talk maybe just tooling. Um, what are the small business tools, apps or services that are really exciting you right now? And why is that? Yeah, well, so 
There's a lot of them. And we're pretty lucky at MasterCard. We have two vehicles where we bring partners on. So number one is our small business cards, um, and uh, which you're familiar with. And the benefits that we've added on to these are some of the best tools. So we have partnerships with QuickBooks. We have partnerships with Adobe. I think Adobe is a phenomenal tool. We know the creator economy is growing. Yeah. So I think that. I think a lot of these companies that help you build websites and drive search engine optimization out there. You know, we, I, we've worked with GoDaddy. There's, you know, we've worked with Shopify. There's a bunch of them out there. Um, and then there's a lot of tools out there in the space around operational efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, some people didn't know this, but Intuit QuickBooks has an inventory management system. So there's so many pieces on these tools. It's not just the tool, you know, itself. Um, another really exciting thing is there are tools out there now where you can actually create your own marketing and advertising. So, for example, on Digital Doors, we just did a partnership with Hootsuite and a couple mm -hmm. other companies where you can go on and for free build your own ads. Yeah. Um, and so to me, it's about customer acquisition. What are those tools? So there's a lot of marketing tools out there. It's about operational efficiency. So it's making sure you have the right financial accounting software. And there's other ones, right? There's zero. There's a bunch of them out there. You're very familiar yeah. with them. Um, and then quite frankly, the other thing is, is being able to work with your bank so that the bank has the digital prowess to help you, which obviously um, you guys do in spades. Um, so I think anything out there, whether it's marketing, customer acquisition, accounting software, tools that can help protect you and alert you to safety and security, those things really float my boat because they, number one, make your life easier. If you have three employees, it can allow you to do the work of 10 because yeah. it, it is there to create that efficiency. And then there's a lot of other tools coming out, um, and, and we're actually building one, more to come, that will actually help small businesses manage their cash flow. So they'll it'll know the money that you have coming in, and then it can help you time the money going out. Because to me, cash flow is super simple. It's how quickly money comes in, and how slowly it goes out without being yeah. late paying your bills. And so I think any tools that are in those areas, and of course the creator tools, I mentioned Adobe, there's yeah. and these marketing tools, because there's, you know, we're seeing, and I'm sure you're seeing this big boom in the creator economy. Um, and there's a lot of needs to be able to build your own stuff, whether you're an influencer on TikTok, whether you're, um, you know, a creator in media or a musician, there's a lot of tools that can help you do your craft, but, yeah. but in a much cheaper way. You know, it's, it, what I found is that, you know, when, when you're looking at a tools, a set of tools, one of the biggest hindrances is actually you're so overwhelmed by the number of options out there. And, and the, the irony of it is that after maybe 15, 20 minutes of just looking through some research and just generally online, you know, looking what's important, just getting started with anything allows you to figure out so much quicker what the right tool is for you. It doesn't like, I think a lot of folks get caught up in trying to get the perfect tool right off the get go. And I think, you know, the best thing is like use one, learn what you hate or love about it. And then you'll know what you're shopping for. And I think that's one of the things that I've actually found. I, I sign up, 
I kind of push around like, oh, that's not the feature that I care about. And then I know where to shop. And I think when there's so many of them out there, starting somewhere is, is just better than, than overthinking it sometimes. Yeah, you nailed it. And I think that people get analysis paralysis, I like to call it. And yeah. you're exactly right. And, and here's a really cool stat I just had. The average small business uses between 10 and 25 different platforms. And 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 it's just too much. And a lot of the reason they do is they don't they don't do what you said. What you said is you pick a tool and you just work with it. And then you modify or adjust based on that tool. What what happens is the small business will get that tool, use it for five minutes, say, no, I actually need to add this on. No, I actually need to add this on. And you combine that with where they, uh, you know, platforms where they might sell their wares, whether, you know, whether it's an Amazon or an Etsy, and they're dealing with those platforms as well. So I think you nailed it. And the key thing that I hope people take away from what you said, it's having the patience to -hmm. just lean in and not quit after five minutes. Give yeah. it a chance. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, this is look, this has been amazing, Ginger. Wh- where can folks go to find out more? You know, you, you there's so many statistics that you have at the top of you know, at the top of your mind. There's tools. Um, and I, I imagine MasterCard's always been really good at consolidating all of its knowledge and resources in one place. So where are the kind of places that you would that businesses can go to find out more? Well, I think, first of all, um, I hope a lot of these people work with you already because I think you're a great client of ours and you have stuff. You use mm-hmm. some of our stuff. But there's two areas. Number one, you can, I would suggest everyone Googles MasterCard Digital Doors. Amazing tools, amazing free curriculum. Um, we have a partnership with the Global Cyber Alliance where a business can go in and say, let's say they're a beginner, and it tells you all the tools, the things to watch out for, common signs of potential cyber attacks like phishing and things like that. The other thing is, you know, certainly our website. But again, we work through our partners. So we're what, just to give everyone, we're what we call a B2B2B company. So it's not MasterCard to small business. Although Digital Doors is direct, but it's MasterCard to North One to the small business. So we, what we try to do is bring all of these great things to all to you, and then work with you to get it out. But we do have Digital Doors, which has wonderful discounts, wonderful tools, and a very strong curriculum of learning. Because if I can leave anyone with anything, there's so much opportunity for you out there to learn. And there's a lot of free places to get that information. The one good thing that COVID did is it put small business in the forefront. So yeah. take advantage of all the people that are out there trying to help you. Well, we'll be sure to link to that um, for for all of these uh, for all of the, the digital doors and the other ones that you've mentioned. So thank you, Ginger. Thank you so much. Honestly, this was this was a this was a great great conversation um, and a whole bunch of things that I want to go research <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity and good luck to all of the small businesses out there that will be listening. Um, Stay strong. You got this and you're going to just blow it up. I know.